0: Good morning, Faith Life family. Morning, Faith Life. It's really lovely to be with you again this morning. Not quite as sunny as last week, but at least it's not raining and we can enjoy another dry day. Uh, thank you, Mike and Flick, for leading us in worship. And thank you, Les and Joyce, for leading us in communion and bringing a good word. So uh, we've already started with a great morning this morning. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we've got another preach coming from Mark, um, which I know, again, is going to bless us. So just before we lead into Mark's preach, I just wanted to pick up on something that we sang with Mike and Flick. And it's talking about the love of God. You know, even um, what Joyce brought as well. Uh, the key, The key message of all of this and all that we do is love. Love for him. And love for each other. And one of the things that I've been meditating on this week uh, is from 2 Corinthians 3 18, uh, beholding Jesus. As we behold him, as we see him, as we witness him, we become like him. And I'm just going to read now a little bit from uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 3. I just get word. And this is Paul speaking to us. And in the song that we sang, and I wrote these words down because I just thought, again, they're scriptural and something that we can meditate on uh, today and as we go into the next week. His love is deep. His love is wide. His love is sweet. His love is wild. His love is fierce. And his love is strong and it covers us. Our father loves and sends his son. And the son lays down his life for us. And in Ephesians 3, that is what Paul um, is talking about. The mystery of the gospel, the center of the gospel is love. And as we behold Jesus, we can step into this place knowing how much we are loved. And then out of that love, everything from us can flow. We can become what he has put in us, his love, knowing his love. So if we want to be able to walk like Jesus, Let us look at Jesus. Let him come into our heart and change us from the inside. Because a lot of these things are heart issues. It's much easier to forgive if we get the love of Christ on the inside of us. And then we can love like he loves. Not in our own strength. A lot of what I bring is not in our own strength. But in him who gives us what we need. And um, Ephesians three, from verse fourteen, Paul is saying, for this reason, and that is the mystery of the gospel. What Jesus did for us, the love that was poured out, all that Jesus did, all that is him is on the inside of us, as we are in Christ. And Paul is saying, for this reason, I bow my the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, that's you and me, according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. If we need strength this morning. We can behold him and receive that strength from him. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge we just come before you now, we thank you for the words that have been brought to us this morning. We thank you for your love which covers us. It doesn't matter when we fall or get it wrong, your love covers us. And we can bow our knee to you and thank you that your love covers us and is inside us and anything that you ask us to do You will strengthen us and enable us to do it, not in our own strength, but in your strength. So we thank you for that this morning. We praise your name for it, Father. And we ask that these truths will enter our hearts and that we can live from that place. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So we've got another part of uh, Mark's preach coming up now. I'm just going to pray for him. I know it's going to uh, encourage us and help us in our walk, in our daily walk, uh, as we resist the enemy, um, so that we are able to do all of the things that the Word uh, shows us to do. So right now, Father, I thank you for Mark. I thank you for the Word that he brings to us each week. I ask that you will anoint those words, that they will um, penetrate our heart, that we will be able to receive from you. Thank you that that word goes into our heart. And even sometimes with our mind when we think, I don't know if I can grasp that, but it's gone in and the Holy Spirit will do something with us to change us. May we leave this place this morning forever changed and knowing you more. So right now, Holy Spirit, fill each room with your presence. Fill our hearts full with your presence. We want our lamps full of oil. And we thank you that that is your will. So we receive it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Good.
1: Good. Okay, so, you know, just because we are kind of going through what we're going through, uh, this, this lockdown thing, this coronavirus thing, um, one of the things that's really encouraging is that even in the midst of that, especially in the midst of that, God continues to do miracles. He continues to answer our prayers. Uh, and this week, uh, during the, the Thursday Night Bible study, we were really encouraged because Dawn shared a a testimony about their uh, uh, little um, great-grandchild Great grandchild. great-grandchild little little Noah uh, and Noah is uh, I think he's, he's probably four weeks now but at this time he he was a three-week-old uh, baby I've just kind of written the details down on my notes from Thursday and um, you know he'd just come home and they had to rush him back into hospital he's his temperature to hit 103 and they, they were questioning whether it was either COVID or it was something uh, like meningitis. But it, it was very serious. And, and Dawn uh, and, and Bob asked us to pray for this as a church. We put it out on the prayer line. Cheryl and I uh, went to pray. And they took a little no into hospital. Uh, and the doctors put him on the, on the critical list. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I understand the technicalities of this, but I think it's probably white blood cell count. Uh, normally the blood cell count of white is is, let's say four but uh, little Noah's was 194 and he was fighting something that was you know very serious the doctor said it was very serious Uh, but we went to prayer and the, 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 the turnaround the speed of the turnaround and the scale of the turnaround was absolutely remarkable so Dawn was telling us that uh, his temperature immediately started to come down and the, when the doctors came back to examining, when they came to, to look at him, when they took the, the blood cells again, that they were uh, shocked because they were saying, well, this, ca- this isn't the same baby because you don't recover like this. We, we just don't understand how quickly he's recovered and how fully he's recovered. So, Lord, I just thank you that you are still and always a God of miracles, that your Son provided once and for all. He paid for our healing of every cell, every fragment, every part of our bodies. And I praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we, we're coming back to our um, series on how to kick the devil out of your life. Uh, we're we kind of well into this now. We've looked at how not to let him in the first place. But we've also looked at how to get him out. And this morning I'm going to look at how to build your defences to stop him getting in. But also, once he's out, to keep him out. And uh, we're going to go back to our, our key verse 1, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and then on to verse 9. But just before I do that, one of the things that I remember, I think it was... I was kind of trying to think about this when Shell was speaking, I think it was late 2015, and I went up to visit my mum uh, just before Christmas. And uh, what happened is in the town my mum lives in, which is Kendal in the Lake District, they would had massive floods. Uh, The rivers had broke the banks, uh, and lots of people had been misplaced in their homes, all the power was out, and, and the, the, the sewerage was backing up, it was a real mess. And I remember uh, going to visit my mum, she, she lives up on the, the, the town of Kendall's built in a valley, and she lives up on the top, so in that sense, other than power cuts and things, she was unaffected. But as she went into the town, it, 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 it was just, there was debris all over the place. But the, the thing that I, I, I just remember, is driving along near the houses that, that were alongside the river, And that just people had dumped all uh, their settees and possessions and they were all in the garden, absolutely destroyed. And then there was other houses that had kind of got sandbags in front of the doors. And the whole thing was kind of, it it was a mess. And uh, one of the things they, they did after that They'd already done this over the years, is to widen the river, build the flood defences, but they decided after the, those, those floods, that they would build the flood defences even higher. And it struck me, you know, thinking about that, that, that when, we put, when the people had put the sandbags at the door and when they built those flood defences higher, they're actually doing that after the event. You, you, you kind of needed them before the flood came, not after the flood came. And for us in our life, we need to build our defences, uh, A, before the enemy gets in, but also once we've got him out of our life, we want to keep him out. So we need to build those defences, not just wait for him to come along and attack again, not just wait for him to, to turn up and make a mess of our life again, but we need to keep him out. You know, one of the things that we, we can often do as believers is we can, we can know what to do, And we can know the right things to say and we've got all these things and we put them on our Facebook and we talk about them in church and we talk about them with each other. But we also have to do them. We have to believe them. It's not enough just to know what to do. You have to believe what to do and then actually do it. So today I'm going to talk about building our defences. So let's go to uh, our, our key verses. 1 Peter chapter 5. I'll actually start at verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober. Remember that's think clearly, be clear-minded. Don't let the the things around you throw you off track. Just keep your, your focus and your thinking down the God track. Be sober, be vigilant, set your alarm. Set that, that antivirus software in your life. Set that firewall up. Get your, you know, I use the illustration of our caravan. And get it so that you have warning things that you 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 identify things as they come. So be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he might devour. Again, he walks around like a roaring lion, but he isn't a roaring lion. He, he's a lion who has no claws, no teeth, and no strength. But he tries to convince us that he's got power. He tries to convince us he's still strong. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there is only one lion with the authority, with the power, with the life. And he is the lion of Judah, not this, this counterfeit who comes along trying to make a mess of us. So he walks around like a roaring lion, whom we may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brothers in the world. Okay, so, in terms of those kick-out factors that I've been talking about today, uh, we're on kick-out factor number five, if you like, build your defences. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is some basic spiritual disciplines. I'm going to actually talk about three things we can do that build our defence against the enemy and, and I know and I know from my own experience when somebody says to me I'm going to give you three things or five things or whatever go we go oh no not another list not another list well here's the thing these are basic spiritual disciplines and if we are not doing these we are leaving ourselves absolutely wide open to the enemy to get into our life to mess us up to play with our emotions Get in, destroy our relationship, destroy our finances and all the rest of it. And a lot of the problems we have as believers is that we do not have these basic spiritual disciplines in place. And, it, and it's kind of a part of our culture now that we've almost got, well, I don't need another list. I don't need you to tell me what should be done. I haven't got time for that. I don't need to do that. I can do that differently. Well, 2,000 years have proved to the church that you can't do it differently. And if we think we can do it differently, then that's perhaps something that we need to think about and examine in ourselves. Because these, these basic spiritual disciplines have been found by previous generations that they work. that they, they work. They keep you strong. They keep the enemy out of your life. And they keep you strong with your eyes focused on Christ. And these are disciplines that every believer should have in their life. So if you find yourself saying this morning, well, you know, I can't do that. I'll just do that, and maybe I won't do that. Then we need to think about how we intend to keep the devil out of our life, Otherwise, if this is the method that God's given us to do it, so here's here's the kind of the problem. We we don't like to feel that we don't fit. We don't like to feel that we're different. We 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 kind of wear on our sleeves that as Christians we're not part of the world and all that rest of it. the reality is most of the time we don't look any different to the world we react to things like the world we behave like the world and we don't like to feel that we don't fit we don't like to feel that other might, people might be thinking we're different we don't like to feel that other people might not like us and that gives us a problem in our ability to deal with the enemy because that. Feeling is a setup from Him. Let me explain to you what I mean. If you walk by the Spirit and if you live by faith and not fear, you are going to feel like you do not fit. You are going to feel like people do not understand you. And that is because you do not fit and people do not understand you. They don't, un- they don't know what you're about, they, they can't get their heads around it, and we are going to have to get used to living with that feeling and that reality. You see, uh, when you talk about faith, as believers, when we talk about faith, when we talk about God being our provider, God looking after us, uh, God helping us to uh, make sure that we have sufficient for all our needs, when we talk about healing when we talk about deliverance, when we talk about walking in freedom, walking in new life, the world around us just has no clue where we're coming from. They don't understand walking in faith. They don't understand following the word of God and putting your trust in him and and casting everything onto him because he's the one looking after us. They can't get their heads around it. And the trouble is, because we don't like to feel like we don't fit, we kind of back off from that a bit. And the reality is that we need to get our heads around that we don't fit, and they don't understand, when we decide we are gonna stand in faith. We're gonna stand for our healing, we're gonna stand for our finances, we're gonna stand for our mental health, we're gonna stand for our healing, we're gonna stand for our marriages, we're gonna stand for our emotions, we're gonna stand for all these things. And they don't understand it. Let me me prove that to you because, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, and the Apostle Paul had to deal with the same thing when he was writing to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 he says this, The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because these things are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. What's that, what's that saying? Well, it's saying this, that the natural man, the person in the world, an unbeliever, can't under, understand a believer full stop. But it's also saying something even more subtle than that, something even more important. You see, Paul uses this word natural man to refer to somebody who is he's not just an unbeliever, but he, he uses a phrase natural man or carnal man to also refer to believers who actually don't know how to walk in faith or who don't walk in faith or who are hearers of the word but not doers of the word. And, and he's saying you go, you're not just going to be confronted by people in the world who won't be able to understand what you're doing and you won't fit with them. He's also saying you're not going to fit with a lot of people in the church who don't walk in faith. Who walk carnally, who walk according to their flesh, who walk according to their natural understanding, who don't put their trust in God, who don't know how to stand in faith, who don't know how to endure, who don't know how to overcome, who don't know how to come through, because they've not been taught, they've not had the patience or the endurance to do it, and even if they have been taught, they are not doers of the word, they're hearers only. And Paul says, if you're going to stand in faith, if you're going to see the results that the gospel gives you, you're going to be different from them, you're going to be different from people in the world, you're going to be different from people in the church, and they're not going to understand you. So, we have to stop that being a barrier to us accessing everything God has for us, and get used to that feeling that that's a sign that we're actually being successful in our walk with God. Amen. Okay, so um, let's start to think about how we, we build these defences. Um, you see, as children of God, we we don't need to worry or be anxious about things. Let's first talk about how we cast our cares on the Lord. We, we take that weight off our own shoulders and we put it on his shoulders. And when we, we get to... Uh, I'll just turn over back to 1 Peter chapter 5. When we get back to those verses, it says this, Be sober and vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, watch this. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, last week we looked at those, and we we found that that word resist means a pre-planned resistance. It's not a haphazard one. It's not like a, a, a knee jerk reaction. It's something that we think out, we prepare for, and it's pre planned. And the word steadfast that is there, where it says be steadfast in faith, means to be people who work on bolstering or people who work on reinforcing their faith. So, what, he, what he's really saying here is um, how, how can I put it? Uh, Firstly, you've got to strategically oppose the enemy with a pre-planned resistance, with a pre-thought-out plan, understanding who you are in Christ, understanding that the enemy can't just come and accuse you before God, understanding that he is a beaten foe, understanding how you kick him out of your life, how you stand on who you are in Christ, and you, you access that righteousness and that forgiveness that Christ has given you. So that's the first thing you do. And the second thing you do is you... You, you do all your, you can to bolster yourself in faith. And and this is what I want to talk about in terms of these spiritual disciplines. Because they, under these spiritual disciplines, we do all we can to bolster ourselves in faith. So here's the first spiritual discipline I want you to think about. Start your day right. Let me say that again. Start your day right. I remember, you know... I guess oh, maybe f- four years plus ago, uh, we were having a really difficult time. And a uh, friend of ours, a guy called Rick Olden, great guy, from, he's a northerner. Northerners, yep, he's a northerner. He came down and he was kind of trying, he, he was speaking into our lives and he was helping us and input into our lives. And he gave me this one really simple thing that he does. And it's actually revolutionized the way uh, I feel about my days, the way I approach my days, the way I think about days. And this is what he said. Rick said to me, do not look at your phone before 10 o'clock in the morning. And do not have look at Facebook before lunchtime. And th- more importantly that, have at least one day when your phone is off. By the way, my day, when my phone is off and and Cheryl's phone is off, so you won't get us if you ring us, you might get all upset if we don't reply, but we won't reply because it's our day off, which is Mondays. So we we, we took this on board, and these things about not having our phones on, not looking at our phones in the morning has made a massive difference in our life. Why? Because it means that the first thing we start with in the day isn't negatives, isn't issues, isn't... Uh, all the stuff that's out there isn't controversial stuff. It we, we gives us the opportunity to start our day with God. And when we talk about starting our, our day with God, again, that can kind of create this groan in us because we've heard this before. Yes, I am talking about having a daily devotional time with God at the start of the day. And you're going, oh, no, not again. Well, here's the thing. You can ignore this, or you can follow through on this and adapt it. Now, here's the thing. Do you want to keep the devil out of your life? Because the devil is taking most of your days with the stuff that's going on in your head and the things he's thinking about and moving you all about. So you can say, well, I don't really want to do that. I've heard all this before. But the question is, are we doing this? Because if we do this, it will keep the devil out of our life. Why? Because it builds defence. It builds a wall against the devil right at the start of the day. You see, the devil isn't thinking, oh, I haven't got time for it in the morning, I haven't got time for this, I haven't got time for that. He's not thinking like that. And, and all he needs to get to you to start your day off wrong is one bad text, or one bad email, or one bad Facebook post. And there you go. You open your computer. You're just there eating your cocoa pops or your granola or your healthy cereal. You know that stuff that Cheryl eats. And I'm a cocoa pop man. You know, you open your computer. You start looking at it, and there it is. One email that he assaults you with, and it attacks your day, it ruins your day, and your defenses are right down. Here's the point I'm making. As believers, we need to go into our day strong, not weak. You know, what I do is, I I get up much earlier now than I used to. And the reason is that I come straight downstairs, put the kettle on, make myself a cup of tea. I don't even start with my breakfast. I get my Bible open, I pray, I wait for the presence of the Holy Spirit to come, and then I read the Word and I spend time with God. That's what I do. Now, here's the question. Does it have to be in the morning? Why can't you just do it like lunchtime or in an evening or whatever? And that, that's, that's a really good question because in the morning, we, we tend to be really busy. But the point I'm making is this. In the morning, it gives us the opportunity to put our wall of defence up straight away before the enemy can get in. If, when I used to think, well, I'll just do it in an evening. One of two things happened. One of which is my day was so derailed that I never got to do it in an evening. Or alternatively, I tried to do it in an evening and I fell asleep. So my recommendation to you, which you're not going to like, your flesh won't like, but the enemy hates, is get out of bed and spend time with God straight away. Number two. So that's start your day right. Second thing, building your defence. Every day, feed your spirit on other sources every day feed your spirit on other sources you have to eat healthy sure keeps telling me i need to eat healthy or healthier Um, in proverbs uh, chapter 4 verse 20 22 it says this give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your sight keep them in the midst of your heart For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. All their flesh, not fresh. All their flesh. Now, to keep growing, you you know this in the natural. To keep growing, to get stronger, we need to do two things for our bodies. We need good food and we need exercise. Now, here's the point I'm making. It's the same with our spirits. Our spirits are often, you can see a natural corollary between what happens in the, in the physical and what happens in our spiritual. And our spirits also need good food, and they need to be exercised. They, they, need, they need to actually walk in faith and use that food that they've been given. So your born-again spirit needs food depositing in it to stay strong and to release that life of Christ that is in you. Uh, John chapter 1 tells us that we've been given everything we need to become mature children of God. Now the problem, or, or the, the, the good news about that, is that we've been given everything we need to become mature children of God, but the downside is it comes in flat-pack form like an Ikea kit. So we actually have to put some of this stuff together. And, and the way we start to put our, this stuff together is to feed ourselves on the Word of God, but also to feed ourselves on other sources, uh, what, what I mean by that, people who speak into our lives, people who teach us, get around people who speak faith, who teach faith, who, who will speak into your life. And, you know, we need to give our spirit good food. And when I talk about good food, I don't mean beans and chips. I mean spiritual food, the word of God. And, and when you, you know, one of the things is that when, you, when I eat a meal, typically... I will feel full at the end of the meal, but if I then go out and do some exercise, Cheryl and I have been going out in an evening after we've eaten, we've been going for a walk, and, and when we do some exercise, uh, or you, you know, some of you guys, maybe you go down the gym, maybe you lift weights, what, whatever, eventually you run out of energy and you need some more food. You need a regular diet of the word consume freshly, not, off, not just a one-off nugget that you get occasionally. So by using our energy, by exercising, if we're talking spiritually, by exercising our faith, by trusting God, by resisting the enemy, by kicking him out of our life and keeping our focus on Jesus, keeping our focus on him, uh, you know, as we go forward, as we overcome, as we go through, we need good food and we need to keep feeding ourselves and accessing that food. Now... Here's something that I learned, I get years and years ago. Somebody said it to me, I don't know who said it, but it's proven to be true. People who grow, growing people and strong people are reading people and listening people. Growing people and strong people are reading people and listening people. Now, I know that some of us these days, we're not really readers you know, we, we don't enjoy reading and so on, well, that doesn't, that shouldn't be a bar to what I'm saying, listen to downloads, listen to CDs, listen to, the, listen to the, the, the word of God being read as you're driving in your car to work, when you're sat at that traffic lights, just f- listen to, listen to the word of God, or listen to somebody who's speaking faith, teaching faith, helping you grow, set aside some time each day, now, Here's what I found. You know, I found that the, the the time I did this really effectively, I wasn't actually doing anything else with that time. The reason was I was driving to work and I was coming home from work. So instead of sitting at traffic lights, instead of thinking about all the things that happened during the day, instead of thinking how to solve all my problems, I would I, I would li- I, the minute I got in my car, I would put a teaching CD on uh so, some some great teachers i'd put those put those on i'd listen coming home i'd listen going to work the next day and, and that's what how i would feed myself and keep myself strong and the result of that, i, I over the years i went through some very very difficult times at work and, and so on and god saw me think why because i kept feeding myself and i kept staying strong if you're not a reader go on our youtube channel there's so much stuff on our youtube channel now there's, there's, there's a, a, a mixture. You can get you can get sermons like this. You can get uh, short 20-minute teachings that take you through like the book of Romans or the book of Hebrews. Go, go search it out. Go find the grace changes, everything. So find the dealt with stuff. And then there's, there's, I think there's now over 160 daily videos on there. They're little five-minute snippets. Some of you've seen them. You've seen the Be Courageous series that we've done during lockdown, the one before that, be brave, trust God. There's 60 teachings, daily teachings on grace changes everything. there's faith builders, and there's more coming. So go on that Faith Life Media YouTube. Have a look. If you've only got five minutes, listen to one of those. If you've got longer, listen to what some of the longer stuff. It's all there. It's all for free. If you if you want stuff that you can keep, if you want to put it on in your if you want to watch it through your laptop or your iPad or your phone then go to our online shop, get the stuff there. There's lots of resources that you can use. Why am I telling you this? Well, if somebody told me this 25, 30 years ago, I'd have said, well, all that takes too long. I haven't got time in my day to do that. Here's the thing. This is what God said to me. Well, you might not have time in your day to do that, but do you want to keep the devil out? Because if you do, you'll need to do that. Do you want to grow strong as a believer? And I went, yeah. And he said, well, if you do, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get that food in. So go listen to this. You know, I I, I love listening to those little daily videos. um, Obviously, I don't don't necessarily listen to mine, because I know what I'm going to say. But (laughs) I listen to other people's little daily videos. And one of the things that just like stuck in my head from that is that with those daily videos, one a day keeps the devil at bay. So that, that's why I enjoy it. So go and listen to our Faith Life Media YouTube, one a day of those little daily videos, it'll keep the devil, devil at bay. How do I know that? Because it works for me and it works for everybody I know that does it. So it's not just theory, it's tried and tested. So feeding yourself and other sources will help you. Third thing. Third thing that I'm going to finish with is to take time every day to stop and listen. Every day, make room for quietness. I'd like to say, I have I, I, originally thought of that as a, a kind of a spiritual thing, but I didn't. It, it kind of started to operate in my life, not from a spiritual thing, but from a business thing. Let, let me explain that. I once, When I was kind of developing in my career i went on a, a course so every time when you got promoted to manager level in the accountancy profession in one of the big firms you used to go on a manager residential course so i went on my manager residential course and i remember it was at uh, it was at warwick university and uh, we 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 were there and we we're there for the week and this guy that was running the course i don't honestly i don't remember a lot of that course which is kind of Maybe you should. But here's the two things that I remember this guy teaching me on that course. Here's the first thing. Always wear a belt because you look smarter. So that's one thing I remember. So I always wore a belt with my trousers, with my suit and, and everything because it looks smarter. Here's the second thing, which is a bit more important. is Every day, shut your door and take five to ten minutes When you just lie back, you rest, and you calm your thoughts, and you just listen. And I thought, people in the office are going to think I'm weird if I do that. But I started to do it. I, I did it, you know. And if anybody came in in that time, just said, I'm just on a really difficult problem. Can you just leave me a moment? And so I, I used to take that time out every afternoon, and I, and I did that, for I, I guess, the last 15 years or more of my career. All the time I was a partner, I did that, and it was immensely powerful. And, you see, here's the thing. Most of us are never quiet. We never stop. You know, somehow, uh, for some of us, we can't deal with quiet. We have this noise going on all around us. We have to have music on or... The iPod in our ears or something. You know, you, you can't go in a shop these days without music playing really loud. You can't go anywhere without sound. And, and so in our modern way of life, a lot of us, we, we don't stop. We don't think. We don't take time. And, and basically, we're going through life like zombies. And it's kind of like I'm just on to the next task, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And we're going through that in this zombie-like existence, surrounded with this white noise of life. We live in a white noise generation where there's just, you know, there's just this background noise going on all the time. And we don't take time to be quiet. Now, here's the thing that I I really want to help you to, to access. Um, quietness just stopping just taking time just going (sighs) resting quietness is important for two things firstly it helps you get in touch with yourself. Most of us spend large parts of our day being a caricature or an aspect of ourselves and we don't take time out to really be ourselves. We go through life responding to all the stimulus and what everybody else is doing and yet we don't take time just to be ourselves and to know who we are, and let the one who loves us, the one who cares for us, the one who is for us speak into our life our value, our strength, our identity. of that we struggle to know who we really are. And the second aspect of this taking time is we take time to know who God is, to listen to his voice. God says, um, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. You see, one of the things that happens is that, I'm just trying to decide whether to go through this verse or not, but maybe not. People that are never quiet, people who don't take that time, people who are never quiet, one of the things that I've observed is that that lack of quietness produces something in our spiritual lives. And that is a spiritual dullness, a spiritual numbness. We... Because we are more responsive to the noise around us and the speed around us, we, we go through life dull, spiritually dull, spiritually confused, dragged around by emotions and run down with tiredness. You know, one reason why people get so beat up is they aren't in touch with themselves or God. They don't know who they are, they don't know what they believe, They don't know whether what they feel is real or, or what they feel is from God or from the enemy. They are numb spiritually. And people who become spiritually numb become susceptible to attack. And that's why it's so valuable that we take this quietness, we take this time to be still and know that he is God. You know, one of the things that is, is so important when we, we live in a, in, a, in a world of so many ups and downs, so many problems that moves at such speed and has so many different aspects to it, a, a world that is so much more complex than, than previous generations have grown up in, one of the things that we really need to get is to get heaven's perspective on our situation. And the only way we can get heaven's perspective on our situation is to stop, calm down, and listen. And again, you know, even as I say this, I find this in myself. I, I'm going okay, well, how am I going to find time for all this? Well, firstly, I get up early. Secondly, I use all that dead time and listen to other stuff. I, I, I make sure that my life has more god in it than it has netflix in it has more god in it than it has facebook in it has more god in it than it has twitter or instagram in it has more god in it than it has the bbc or itv or sky or anything else in it and i make sure of that why because there's so much dead time in my life that not only doesn't build me up and doesn't bolster my faith and doesn't make me strong But it actually makes me weaker because it's feeding that white noise. It's feeding that stuff coming into me. And then I go, I look at this and go, oh, when have I got time to be still? I have not got time not to be still. And my, my reason is this, that just like I found in business, I find in my spiritual life now too, is that I used to spend so much time trying to figure things out, trying to fix myself, trying to deal with my own emotions my own issues my my own relationships my own uh you know problems and what everybody was saying what everybody was thinking and and i used to spend so much time even when i was sat eating i'd be thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about and it was all just like life can be really overwhelming and i found that the thing that changed that is to just take time to just have that compartment where I can listen to God and where I can get in touch with who I really am, my identity in Christ. You know, people say, well you don't know Mark how busy I am. Actually I do. I do. You know, I, I come from a history of working 15 hour days, 6 weeks, 6 days a week, 52 weeks a year nearly. I know what how busy life is. And what's been shocking to me is how busy a pastor's life is. Now I don't work like that in business. You know, all our lives are busy, but we cannot afford to let our busyness dictate to our health. We cannot afford to let our busyness dictate to our emotions. We cannot afford to let our busyness make us spiritually dull, spiritually unhealthy, unable to hear the voice of God. We cannot afford that. Well, I don't know if I can do this, Mark. Well, do you want to kick the devil out of your life and keep him out? Because if you don't, he's going to run your life. We need to build these defences. We need to start our day right. We need to feed ourselves with, with the word of God and, and, and faith-building teaching. And we need to fill ourselves, fi- find ourselves every day, every single day, taking time to listen, taking time just to be quiet, to stop and know who we are and to know who God is. Amen. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you have given us these. These spiritual disciplines, and you know, we, somehow we are, I know that word discipline, even now in my head it's saying, I don't like that word. But these spiritual disciplines, so that we can be strong, and that we can keep the devil, the enemy, out from making a mess in our life. But also you gave us them so we could draw closer to you. That we could be still and know that you were God. And you promised, Lord, and I thank you for this, you said... Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. So, Lord, I just thank you for that eternal promise. And maybe, maybe you're listening to this this morning and you're thinking, well, I, I don't know God like that. I don't seem to have that relationship that Mark's talking about. I, I've never heard any of this. I, I, don't, I don't know this. I don't know how I can access this. But, the, you know, everything just seems to be having a field day in my life. And I'm stuck doing this, and I'm making a mess here, and I'm doing wrong stuff there, and you want to get free of it. So right now, I'm going to invite you to come to know the one who can change your life, Jesus Christ. The one who died for your sins. The one who is the only way to heaven. The one who will give you new life, and he will come and give you his Holy Spirit, and enable you to do these things and get that enemy out of your life and live different, to live free, to live delivered, to live saved, to live the fullness of life that he came to give you. So I'm going to invite you now to pray this prayer with me. Father, just repeat the words after me. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I ask you now to forgive me of my sins. I choose right here to make Jesus Lord of my life. And I ask you to give me new life. To come and give me new birth. To be born again by your spirit. And I thank you. I thank you that from here on in, I am your child, and you are my God. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you, Mark. Um, There are so many points in that preach. I know every week I get up and say, re-listen to it, write down some of those points, because uh, they will bring life to your heart, to your spirit, um, and are so necessary in this journey with God, uh, and to kick the devil out of our lives. And I just wanted to pick up on one thing that Mark said, because it's something that I feel God has been speaking to me during this week, uh, and and picking up something that I also do. Um, spending time with him at the beginning of the day I believe it's really really important either meditate on a word uh, listen to something as Mark was talking about those little um, five minute talks if you don't have a lot of time I think at the beginning of the day and this is what I have found helpful if we put our focus on Jesus I mean, it's good to put our focus on Jesus right through the day, just remembering him uh, as we go through our day, remembering his words. But at the beginning of the day, if we behold him, and the Bible talks about we become what we focus on, what we behold. So if we behold him at the beginning of the day, we will take what we have looked at, which is Jesus, into the rest of our day. I just wanted to, the verse that God showed me, um, <clears throat> was from 1 Corinthians 3, um, verse 18. I'll just start from just before verse 18. Now, the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we want to be free, as Mark's been teaching, we want to be free from the enemy, free from stuff that goes on around us, free even from our own thoughts, if they're not lining up with the word of God. And this is what it says, because of what Jesus did at the cross, we can now go straight into the throne room of God, and we can come face to face with Jesus, and behold him, and receive from him. And uh, verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled faces, that means we can look straight into the face of God, behold him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And we are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So as we behold him... He transforms us. All of the things that we need to do to be able to walk strong in the Lord, to keep the devil out of our life, we will become like Jesus, the one that we behold, and we will be able to do these things. And um, I wrote down what behold means. And we become what we behold. Uh, We catch what we behold. We consider. We contemplate. We lay eyes on. We notice. We observe. We regard. We see. We watch. And we witness. And I'm just going to read that verse to you just to finish off from another translation. We can all draw close to him. Mark was talking about drawing close to him. With the veil removed from our faces so we can see. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. So we are becoming like him, and people are seeing us like him. We're becoming different to the world as we behold him. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that is what Mark has been talking about. Take time with him. Take time to look him face to face. Let him transform us. As we behold him at the beginning of our day, whatever then comes at us during that day, we will have what we need from him to be able to deal with that. We will have taken time with him at the beginning of of the day. The Holy Spirit will go into the day with us. He'll be with us. He'll help us. When the enemy tries to throw a dart at us, We'll we'll have received already, as we've looked into the face of Jesus, something that we need. Because he will have gone ahead of us, and he will know exactly what we need for that day. Read the Word. Meditate on the Word. Let the Holy Spirit take that Word into our mind, into our heart, into our soul, so that we can do these very things that we need to do. Resist the devil, and then he will flee. Amen. I'm going to meditate on these things as I go into this week I'm going to re-listen to what Mark has just preached to us there is some great steps in there that's a great plan to enable us to um, resist the devil and be all that we know that we can be strong in the Lord knowing who we are in Christ Uh, so just before we finish this morning um, come back so it was our anniversary yesterday. Um, yay! <laughs> 33 years. Yes, we've been married, and um, we, ha- had a lov- we always had a lovely day together. We
1: did. It, it but the kids cooked for us. They it great?
0: did. Yep. Yeah, cooked us a curry, and yep. we had family time, and that was lovely. Um, I know there's been other anniversaries this week. So to all you guys out there that have had anniversaries, I think August is a key month for getting married. Yep. Uh, we know of quite a few, Logie and Louise was the day before us, fourteen, and, uh, and there are others coming up. So um, if you've had an anniversary or having one this week, um, or a birthday, we just pray blessings on you. Um, have a great time. And I just, because it was our anniversary, and I was just thinking about those that uh, are married, I just wondered if we could just pray for marriages, just take, because th- it is an area that the enemy, in and attacks and uh, and walking with him helps us to stay strong but uh, it's not always easy and, and we get that if, if, if anybody need any if you need any help we're here uh, we have some great resources that help strengthen marriage they've helped us with our marriage we've done lots of stuff over the years haven't yeah. we? To, to be you know strong. one of the things that
1: we, we we found is that people over the years who've had marriage difficulties. Yeah. Uh, they didn't actually invest in their marriages until they got a problem and those that haven't had problems invested in their marriages before they got problems so it's kind of chicken and egg but what what i'd encourage you to do is not only to invest time in each other you know romance each other even after 33 years date nights date nights are good um you can even you can still romance even though you've got kids you know uh, but also to invest time in, in thinking about things together and, and, and feeding uh, your, your spirit on good stuff for your relationship. Yes. So I'm just going to pray for you. Yeah. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the marriages in our church and all those who are married who are listening to this. I pray that yeah. you will strengthen their marriages, that you will strengthen each party to the marriage, you will speak wise counsel to them. Yes. And that they would be people whose eyes, the eyes of their hearts, are open to you to speak in to their relationships. Yes. An enemy, I rebuke you and I tell you to you, get your hands off. Any marriages in our church family, you just get your hands off. I bind yeah. you and I tell you out of there. Yeah. In Jesus' name.
0: Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Yes.
1: Yeah, so... Have a great week. Yeah. Uh, Go spend time with God. Start your day right. Feed yourself on good stuff and take time to listen uh, and and just to, to be quiet. Yeah. So have a great week. We love you. Yeah. See you next week.